Tonight's Game of Thrones series finale recap is sponsored by our friends over at Blue Diamond Almonds. Are you watching Game of Thrones and tired of the same boring snacks? Let me tell you, winter is here. So is the perfect snack. It's Blue Diamond Almonds. Whether you're going to work, bored at work, leaving work, these almonds are the perfect snack. Honey roasted flavored almonds, sriracha flavored almonds, wasabi and soy sauce flavored almonds. Do I have your attention? Why keep snacking on boring chips when you could go to the store and pick up blue diamond almonds right now? It's the most popular snack choice in the six or seven kingdoms. Whatever the moment, blue diamond almonds is the perfect snack. Don't deny your cravings. Go pick up some great flavors right now and eat them. Blue diamond and almonds crave victoriously. Yes, that is right. Game of Thrones. The series is over, but we are just getting started here to talk about all of the bitter and the sweet here in the Game of Thrones series finale. I'm Rob Sister here with Stephen Fishback. Stephen, how are you? I'm great. I mean, isn't it crazy? The things we've been speculating about for years, we now know the answer to. We We don't like the answers, but we know them. It's over. And uh, we're here to talk about it with you live on the night of the Game of Thrones series finale. What a long, strange trip it's been. Closure on a lot of different characters tonight. We'll talk about it all here with you live Steven, first off, how first are off, you let's doing? Get some business out of the way before we forget. Yes. The snowing is snow at all is me. Danny was not pregnant. Yes, Danny. Well, we don't know. We don't oh know if God. she was. That's not. outrageous. <laughs> That's we don't outrageous. know. We don't know. For, we don't yeah. know for certain. Okay. <laughs> Steven, how are you doing after the Game of Thrones finale? What's your first, your first word? Thumbs up or thumbs down? I was thumbs down, Rob. I got to tell you, this was my least favorite episode of the season uh, so far, to be honest. Oof. Oof. Yeah. What about yourself? Your least favorite episode of this, uh, of this. Well, let me just explore that. Uh, why? Um, I just, it just didn't do anything for me. I, I honestly felt like the threads that it tied together, it tied together loosely again, badly. I thought like the big shifts that could have been momentous were, you know, it didn't, it didn't like, were, were like kind of unfounded. And, you know, I thought like some of the, the dialogue was super, super corny. You know, that scene with John and Danny, like it looked like it was from an eighties music video, you know, this like bleak landscape you know snow is falling I, you know you expected like some like j- drapery to be like fluttering in the background you know um it was just like <laughs> danny no. no yeah too soon too I, soon it was just a little a little corny for my for my liking and then the stuff that i was waiting for it to hit me in the gut it just didn't land like i wanted to be gut punched so bad by like this bleak resolution and it just, that was it, last week no, but I, you know, it's like, it's like this, like, uh, you know, this sort of like picking up the pieces. I expected it to be like the end of King Lear where like everyone's dead and they're like, how do we move on? But it, it wasn't really. It, well, I think that overall, with the exception of Daenerys and you knew it was going to end for her after last week's episode, I thought that this was a very happy ending for yeah. Game of Thrones. And I have to say, I was not quite expecting that. I, I think that in the end, yeah, it was not necessarily the, uh, you know, sad ending for, and I almost hesitate to call it bittersweet 
because I feel like that other than for Danny, it was kind of a pretty sweet ending for for all of the good guys. Everybody gets a, a pretty, you know, happy or satisfying ending in one way or another. Yeah, almost everyone ends up with what they really wanted all along, right? Like Sansa is queen in the north. John does not have power, but he's like back with his like Night's Watch bros. You know, he and Ghost are reunited. Tyrion has the kind of, you know, respected position, ad- advisorly position he wants. Only Bron- Danny really got hosed. Only Danny got hosed. And uh, yeah, and then who knows? Like maybe Drogon has carried her off to some some magical fantasy kingdom. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Maybe like, the, yeah, maybe in the east where uh, she can be revived by some uh, the Lord of Light. But yeah, Stephen, uh, that it was a, sort of a foregone conclusion about uh, Daenerys wasn't going to make it out of this episode, and then it, uh, it. I guess there was some speculation: is it going to be John? Is it going to be Arya? Who's going to do the deed? But then. Tyrion uh, really makes the pitch to John, and really was surprised how much alone time John got with uh, one of the treasonous prisoners. <laughs> yeah, those prison cells are just like you know revolving doors. Like people, anyone can come and go. Mm-hmm. Um, but John is a pretty you know John is like a pretty high up guy. He probably pulled a similar trick to what Tyrion did to get into to Jamie's cell. Well, I, Rob, since you, you when? Hold on. Me- since when oh. does Daenerys? hesitate on delivering justice isn't that her thing i mean she's in in the middle of like one of her big political rallies and it's like oh wait hold on hey hey everybody here's a traitor take him away what (laughs) what isn't her thing dracarys burn them alive in front i mean wouldn't that have played great in front of the crowd yeah, I tweeted that as well, which is like, like, what about like, you know, like everyone else just gets immediately roasted alive. You know, Varys roasted alive. The Tarleys, they don't get taken away. They get roasted alive. Uh, and and uh, yeah, not not so Tyrion, uh, you know, and, and not only that, he gets visitors, visitors. Uh, Jon <laughs> yeah. Snow gets to come and visit with uh, with Tyrion. And it was like a nice cell. It was really big. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, not getting thrown into the black cells or anything. Maybe Danny doesn't know about those. Yeah, it was like as spacious as my New York apartment. Very nice. Very nice. Yeah, it was like the, the friend set. So yeah. so, yeah, ultimately, I guess our, our, our big headline is basically it was a two halves to the episode. And Daenerys ends up uh, getting slain by uh, Jon Snow. Uh, what's your reaction to Jon Snow kills Daenerys? I mean, I think I, this was this was really the thing that I I. I felt I needed to happen. I think a lot of people also felt that this needed to happen, um, that John was going to kill Daenerys. Like his whole narrative has been like personal sacrifice. I thought he was going to die killing Daenerys, which yeah. to be honest, I, I actually would have been more satisfied with. Um, Cause it, it did seem like a sort of low stakes encounter. Well, what about you? You know, Rob, you're holding back. Did you like it? What did you think of this big John, John killing Daenerys? Yeah. I mean, I thought it was a, a interesting scene because I, I thought, for a second like because john does seem you know so gullible so impressionable like uh the last person he talks to uh tends to get his ear and it seemed like that she was kind of making some sense to him and it's almost like i feel like that if it wasn't for her saying like and then we're going to winterfell and then we're yeah. going to dorn and you know just the fact that if she would have been like you know what king i i i'm done i'm done here i made my point john could have lived with that but the fact that it seemed like that there was going to be more people to quote unquote liberate that. That's why he had to do what he did. But I, I think I might've liked this more had Drogon just flame Jon Snow into oblivion. 
or he resisted it because he's because of his Targaryen blood. But it, I didn't understand what like why Drogon was so fixated on burning the Iron Throne. Like he really wanted to burn down that Iron, Iron Throne. Iron Throne was the cause of all this. Drogon said all along that hey, the Iron Throne is going to get us nowhere. <laughs> yeah. Drogon knew. Who knew that that dragons were so invested in like symbolic representations of monarchy? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and Drogon is able to look. I thought he was going to eat Jon Snow in one bite, but uh, is able to look past this. Like, hey, I guess you're a Targaryen. It's cool. Yeah, he didn't mind so much Jon killing Danny. He just I don't have to like like it, but I'll take it. (laughs) Yeah, and then he picked up Danny and 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 flew away. It was such a weird, weird moment. Mm -hmm. And like, no one, no one tracked the. I mean, you know, no, no uh, intel. You know, Bran's not aware of of the dragon. Well, uh, let's. Well, let's not even get into that uh, yeah. yet. Let's let's save that for when we uh, talk about the second half of the episode. But yeah, it's uh, I thought then, you know, no guards, no security whatsoever. And then I thought Jon Snow was just going to be able to slink out of there. Yeah. Uh, but but uh, no, I mean, I actually was gl- glad that he was arrested. Like that was a more sensible ending than him just kind of like riding off into, you know, at least some actions have consequences. And, and or and, you know, he was he was uh, it, it was not you, you can't stab the queen and not have anybody. Notice. Of course, of course. And you would think then, I mean, the unsullied, you know, are also then, oh, well, Danny's not here. What do we do? All right. Let's lock him up. I, how long was this time jump for in between yeah. the two halves of the episode? Yeah, it must have been a long time. I mean, Tyrion's beard had grown out quite a bit. Uh, I don't know how fast his beard grows. People had come from really far away. Right. You know, I mean, how long does it take Sansa to get down there? You know, that, that's probably a oh. couple of uh, of weeks. I guess uh, they could potentially come by ship, but you would think at least uh, at the minimum. Oh. I mean, Tyrion's beard is pretty long. Seems like maybe it's uh, two weeks. And the Unsullied didn't kill Jon Snow immediately, you, which you would think that after Daenerys is murdered, that they would have just taken swift justice out on Jon Snow. Yeah, I mean, what, what, uh, who was running? I guess Grey Worm was in charge. Well, and like, it was like they, he was in charge, but it was like Grey Worm was like, okay, well, hold on. We have to wait for a new leader of the Seven Kingdoms to be named before we can uh, make any sort of d- disciplinary action on Tyrion or Jon Snow. Yeah, and meanwhile, like Grey Worm is like slitting throats in the streets. Like, he's not really a, like wait for a proper trial kind of guy. Yeah. So, yeah, so I guess it's a good thing for Jon Snow and for Tyrion that they end up waiting and then we get this big summit, which at points was hilarious. I mean, they did like the fake out joke thing twice. Wait, which fake out joke thing? Oh, well, with like, okay, well, what are we going to do next? And then Edmure Tully, of all people, gets like three minutes to chew the scenery and uh, give his speech. And Sansa's like, all right, Edmure, sit down, sit down. It's not it's not going to be you. Which yeah. was bold, which I, right. I respect. I respect the call to just have your uh, have uh, uh, Edmure Tully just get dunked on in the finale. <laughs> yeah. And then yeah. Sam the, the, starts in with like, well, what if we let the people decide? And he gets like a minute into that. And there is like the people. What are you crazy? Yeah. <laughs> um, I. In general, like it just did seem like I mean, that was like the, the that moment was the one nod to like not contemporary sensibilities. But the fact that they ended up with like an elected monarch at all was insane. Like where, where did the like Sam just invented democracy, you know, essentially or like, you know, democratic monarchy. Maybe he wrote about it at the Citadel. 
Yeah, I guess. But like, you know, from, has from its where? flaws, too. <laughs> but then Stephen, uh so then Tyrion goes from being a prisoner to uh he pitches the room on I've got an idea. Yeah. I know just the guy. Brand the broken. Yeah, and I, I actually tweeted about this. I hated this speech. It was like stories define us. Yes. We are stories. Stories are powerful. And it honestly like it is just it felt like the most generic expression of like enthusiasm about stories. It felt like, you know, like the, the it, 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 like, like I, I, my tweet was like it felt like a branded content campaign for Levi's, you know, like we are the movers. We're the storytellers. We're the makers. It just felt like so corny and like so untyrian. Yes, because if anybody can really spin a yarn and tell a story, it's Brandon Stark. <laughs> that guy. <laughs> Noted storyteller. He can he can really tell a tale. And and what like you know why is he just arbitrarily choosing the person he thinks that the most people could get behind? Because there really is not anything you know recommending Bran. Um, you know, and you, you could tell a story about any one of those people, except, except Ed Tully, like sitting around that, that little, uh, I thought council. sweet Robin, uh, was, uh, looking, it turned into like a strapping young man that, uh, oh, I, I didn't I, even recognize him. That's who that was. Yes. Yeah, sweet Robin is, uh, hit puberty and, uh, looks like he's hitting the gym. Yeah. What about his story? You know, like he lost his mother. He had to defend the veil while literally everyone else was <laughs> put off up doing with Jan Royce being at Winterfell <laughs> yeah. for all this yeah. time. That's what he's allowed a, him to really blossom. Story. Jan Royce not being around. <laughs> yeah, he finally stepped into his own. Yeah. So, um, all right. So we get pitched Bran. And I have to say that there was all of this betting that was allowed to go on during Game of Thrones uh, on these uh, betting sites. And you could bet on who's going to be sitting on the Iron Throne at the end of it. And Bran Stark had like ridiculous odds that you couldn't even bet on him. It was like one to five on Bran Stark sitting on the Iron Throne. And it's what always happens with these betting sites. And somebody in the know was oh. able to. So it was like, it, I don't think a lot of people thought of it as a spoiler. because Well, this is ludicrous. Why right. Bran sitting on the Iron Throne? How does that happen? But sure enough, Never bet against Vegas or offshore betting sites. Yeah, well, that's wild. I guess that is. Yeah, so clearly that was that was spoiled um, for was like that, over a year. Uh, that well, Bran had incredible odds to be on the Iron Throne at the end of it. But I think some people just said, "Oh well, that's crazy. How could how could Bran end up on the Iron Throne?" Yeah, someone just like like loaded a ton of money onto those just just having been spoiled. Well, tell me, Rob, was was Brandon even in the conversation when you and Josh were doing this sort of your your kind of predictions for the the end? I don't think so. Um, yeah. Of who would sit on the Iron Throne, Bran Stark? That was not even you know talked about in terms of uh, Bran sitting on the Iron Throne because uh, one, who would want that? Yeah. Well, that's the other thing. Like Bran is so just chill about everything and like anything that happens, anyone who does anything, he's like, well, that's where you were supposed to be. Like, how can that guy rule? You know, if someone like commits a crime, he's like, well, that, that was the crime that you were supposed to commit. You know, but there's does, no, there's no justice in Bran's world. I feel like that Bran's powers have been very inconsistent, whereas I thought that he could see all things backwards and forwards. It's it uh, seems as though we, we sort of like retcon this a little bit. 
He can see backwards and he can warg into other stuff, but he can't necessarily see the future. Uh, but then he did say tonight, like, uh, well, why do you think I came all the way down here? So if he can see the future, it seems like that he's really picked his spots to share his information. Maybe he can see enough of the present. Yeah, yeah. You're right. Like, he probably has been, you know, the secret architect of this whole thing. Well, I did see on Twitter that, you know, he was the one that uh, said, hey, Sam, you got to tell John about being Aegon Targaryen. Really set this whole thing in motion. Yeah, if if that hadn't happened, you know, this this the this little finger once said, happened. you know, uh, imagine the worst possible motivation a person can have and ask, does this make sense why they're behaving the way they are? Yeah. And he had this very smug grin when he said, like, why do you think I came all this way? Maybe Bran is maybe that's the what the sequel will be about what a jerk <laughs> Bran is. Yeah. And here's a, one thing that did bother me about this, where everybody's on board. I, 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 I. We get to Sansa. Sansa basically says, look, the people of the North, they've been through so much. There's no way I could possibly sell to them that the ruler of the Seven Kingdoms will be a Stark. They're, they're not going to go for that. <laughs> we have to secede. Of, yeah, we have to secede. They, know, they yeah. know no ruler, but they, they, they cannot... For whatever they they will not tolerate a Stark on the Iron Throne. That's that's yeah. too much. We have to secede. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm with you on that. On the other hand, like it seemed to me like so pat, like everyone accepting Brand, like nobody is going to object to the to this total like lunatic weirdo over here, like ruling the Seven Kingdoms. I'm glad at least someone raised their hand and was like, my kingdom actually has like some set of yeah. priorities. Well, like, how, the, well, why the are Prince the of Dorne, people? I think, felt yeah. like, well, I am very. Very uh, sympathetic to a uh, disabled ruler of the of the land. That is <laughs> yeah. uh, that is very reminiscent of uh, Prince Doran. Yeah. Um, uh, rest in peace, Prince Doran. My, my, my favorite. <laughs> yeah. I know you love. I know you love the the Doran plot too. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, well, I, Yara Greyjoy was on board. Yeah. Why? Why is Yara like? Why do the Greyjoys like want? You know, like you know, okay, okay. This kid, like, like it makes no sense for the Ironborn to be cool with being ruled by Bran. Yeah, I mean, I guess uh, why rock the boat? Literally. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, we, you know, this yeah. uh, this king's moot comes to an end, Stephen, and uh, everybody's on board. And not only that, Brandon's going to make Tyrion goes from prisoner to being hand of the king. Yeah. Uh, which, which was fun. I mean, you know, and, and Grey Worm said he, he needs to be punished. And Bran says he's, he's done a lot of bad things and he's going to make up for them. Is that's, that is that typically what, how you punish people who have like failed at a job? Is you is you give them the same job mm-hmm. and tell them to undo all the bad things they've done in the past? I think so. That's yeah. uh, that's that's typically how I, I think it would go. And yeah. so uh, yeah, Bran is going to have Tyrion as the hand of the king. And I, I mean, I, I think this is a mistake. I think that Tyrion is. Uh, you've talked about this as uh, lost a few miles off the fastball. Uh, he ends up stacking the small council, uh, complete cronyism. Uh, puts uh, you know his friends like Braun, uh, you know, uh, honors that deal somehow to I make can't him. Bran honored the Highgarden deal. Like that's crazy. Yeah, Why it made him the a- master of coin. 
Yeah, no, that that was a bad decision. That was a really, really bad decision. Like, what was the what was the whole like uh, crossbow plot? Like, was that what was the point of that? Like, that could we we talked so much about Chekhov's crossbow. That crossbow has to go mm-hmm. off. It's such a meaningful crossbow. No, nope. they, they but, love Braun. Yeah, they, lo- they love Braun. I saw an interview where George R. R. Martin uh, did did not mention a character by name, but he said that you know there's one character on the TV show that's really pissing him off how much airtime they're getting because they are not an important character, and everybody just deduced that he's talking about Braun. Yeah, but they love they love Braun. Yeah, yeah, Maybe Yara Greyjoy. Yeah, I kind of thought that that scene at the end of the episode, the small council meeting. Did did not really uh, sit well with me where it's just like, like uh, we're ending the show on. Hey, all right. So uh, back to our regularly scheduled brothel jokes. Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, th- I guess that is sort of what maybe I was alluding to when I said it didn't hit me with this like gut punch of like I expected it to be this like bleak desperation to pick up the pieces. And instead, it's like all of the friends back in the friends chamber, like having their friend jokes, you know, it was like all of our favorite pals. Yeah. I mean, I'm I, didn't, sure I don't seen, know if it necessarily felt like we broke the wheel in that moment. Yeah, exactly. You, do you ever see that, like that nineties trailer uh, of like the nineties <laughs> version of game of Thrones yeah. where everyone's yeah. like smiling and looking at the camera and like giving the thumbs up or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, I felt like that scene was kind of like nineties game of Thrones where it ends with everyone kind of like <laughs> grinning and, you know, slapping Central each Park. other on the back. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. So we spent a lot of focus at the end on the three Stark children in particular in, uh, John and Sansa and Arya. So we end up with John ending up accepting being sent back to the Night's Watch, uh, where he will uh, resume his role of the, I guess, as uh, Lord Commander of the Night's Watch. But there's no other really uh, uh, Night's Watchman around. It's really now he's almost like the new Mance Raider uh, leader of the Free Folk. Yeah, I mean, there's nothing to really protect against. The wildlings are like all all cool now. You know, no no one's worried about the riot wildlings. They're our friends. And uh, the army of the dead, you know, it turns out they're a bunch of suckers too. So, you know, no one's, you know, can't be stressed by the army of the dead. They're, they're, they're you know, useless. Yeah. And they're What gone. do you think they're about gone. that ending for Jon Snow to ultimately end up uh, back where he started at the Night's Watch? <sighs> what do you mean? What do I think of it? Yeah, well, I mean, that... Uh, good, bad, are you, uh, does it work for you? I honestly, like, I'm still processing, obviously, like this is, you know, 20 minutes ago, we finished watching this episode. I don't know. Like it felt like nothing, you know, it felt like he's been like nothing has happened. Like he's been on this insane journey and he's back where he started. Like he didn't even seem like that. I mean, he kind of like looked like slightly more scowly than usual. You, you tell me, Rob, help me think through this. So. I think that there is some poetic justice to it for Jon Snow to really come full circle, end up back at the Night's Watch. He is the leader of a of a group of people, and I think that he is back at a at a job that he can excel at and find some happiness. I think that what's really tough to swallow is that he is now back to he can never have a family. He can never marry. And, you know, he sort of had the, you know, the two great loves of his life in Egret and Daenerys and had to watch both of them die. And uh, he's directly responsible for the death of Daenerys. Uh, You know, he it's uh, it was Ollie who ended up taking out Egret. And so 
Uh, you know, that part is uh, sad for Jon Snow, but he did seem he's reunited with Ghost. Finally, he got the pet Ghost. I can't believe Ghost took him back. Yeah. Ghost, Ghost should have eaten him. That, that should have been him. the yeah, end. Th- that was my hope was that Ghost would just bite his head off. Yeah. You know, if you just like neglect a dire wolf and then you can't like, then you can't like just put your hand in its, in his mouth. You know? Well, Drogon didn't get him. So if Drogon didn't get him, I don't know if Ghost was going to. And yeah. so, uh, and he, John seemed to, to sort of come around on it by the end of the episode. He gets to hang out with Tormund. Yeah. His buddies. I, it is interesting. It is sort of like, it is, I guess that's moving in, in to the extent that this was a guy who was really at like the center of the world's events. And now he's kind of been pushed out really to the sidelines to this very small local life and none of these great events, none of these great passions that have really been, you know, so central to him and so central to the realm, you know, that's sort of all, all, you know, in his past now. And that's kind of moving. Mm-hmm. And so there's a Stark at the night's watch, like there always was, but it's really a Targaryen. And uh, that really kind of didn't go anywhere in t- except in terms of, you know, Danny knowing the secret, but it didn't really get out. Yeah, no one and no one was stressed about it. No one was like, you know, maybe should we should we think about John as the rightful king? Like, you know, no. this 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 question of like bloodlines, which so dominated this season and what no, I'm sorry, this season, this series, this, you know, this series was all about bloodlines. It was all about who deserves what it was like, not even a passing thing thought for the people in that discussion you know in that in that uh, in that round table in king's moot um not they just didn't no one even brought up the the relevance of of blood at all which i thought was you know isn't this a beautiful new beginning but it really felt like completely disregarding yeah. um the central motivating issue at the heart of the series especially considering that we saw Varys send out all of the uh, or sending out letters at the end of the last yeah. episode. So you would think that uh, that was, some of those letters would have made their way to uh, the great houses. I mean, John did conquer Daenerys. I mean, uh, that I'm no expert in Westerosi law, but he has right. the claim. He has the bloodline that you would think that maybe more people might consider him to be the king of the seven kingdoms, even if he didn't uh, necessarily want uh, that consideration. But as uh, was pointed out in my Twitter mentions, hey, oh, gray, well, we don't want to piss off Grey Worm. I know. Right. Who cares? It's like the, the Dothraki and the Unsullied who don't even live here and are not even staying here. Like they won't stand the for it. Yeah, there'll be a war. They're they're choosing who's who's going to rule the seven kingdoms. I that's crazy. Can you imagine if like a different country, if like Canadians invaded us and we're like, we don't let any foreign powers meddle with uh, what's going on over here, Stephen. (laughs) Not going to (laughs) happen. Yeah. So the the Unsullied, they are not going to stand for it. You'll have a a political allegory. Is that what you're saying? You'll have no, no. This is a work of fiction, Stephen. This is the unsullied are not going to stand for if letting Jon Snow be the be the king. Yeah, they'll only stand for him living in exile. That's (laughs) that's unsullied justice. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um. Yeah, that that makes no sense, right? Like either they would have killed him, or they would have like have not cared either way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but and Sansa's like, oh, we tried. Uh, couldn't get, we, yeah. uh, our, my hands really tied here. Uh, yeah, you know, Bran is the worm. king. Yeah. I'm the I'm the ruler of the North, but uh, <laughs> it's gonna look like it's gonna be Castle Black for you, John. 
Yeah. <laughs> and then as soon as Grey Worm is gone, why do they have to honor their commitment to Grey Worm? Again, like come back. someone with no political authority within Westeros. They'll sail back. Yeah. Where were the Dothraki going? Yeah. That was, and what, what have the Dothraki been doing for like the last couple of weeks? You know, they're not like, uh, like a sit, sit back and chill kind of group. Yeah. They were really like uh, foaming at the mouth during uh, Danny's speech. Like they're good to have like the Unsullied yeah. is kind of a quiet crowd, but uh, it's, yeah. good, it's good to have like the Dothraki there at your rallies. How did they hear it, her? Yeah, that's a good question. Uh, maybe, maybe there's like uh, somebody that like there's like a relay person that like relays <laughs> the message to the rest of the the rest of the group. <laughs> yeah, uh, there was a cool shot in during Danny's rally to everybody where yeah. you know she's walking back and then Drogon is like flexing his wings behind her and it looks like that uh, the wings are coming out of her. That's what I'm saying. It looked like an eighties music video. It was like very arty, very symbolic, uh, a little over the top. Yeah. I just, I think I liked the stuff in the first half of the episode better than the second half. Yeah. I, I felt like, uh, I agree with you. I thought I really, I actually liked the real, the, the beginning. I really like, I mean, people were like, how did Tyrion find, find Jamie's hand? I, I, I that didn't bother me. Like I yeah. thought that was really moving with him kind of going through this place that his, that has been his home, you know, where, where that has been, you know, where, where he, spent so much of the series, you know, the, the sort of built up emotion of that and then discovering his brother and his sister together. And I thought that was a really beautiful scene. I Um, thought that Tyrion was going to stab Daenerys when he like walked up he comes right from seeing Jaime and Cersei. I, I, that he stands right behind her at the rally. I thought he was going to either like, uh, you know, uh, push her or, uh, or, or just, you know, come up behind her and stab her. Yeah. With that that pin, with the hand, with with the hand pin. Yeah. That would have been something. Yeah, but she was like, uh, you know, he just came to throw. I don't want this. Yeah. Threw it down. Threw it down the steps and then uh, got got taken away. Um, Let's talk about some of the other uh, endings that we got tonight with the other characters. Uh, So after the big meeting, we got to see uh, some other endings. So Brienne, uh, now a uh, knight of the King's Guard. Is she the leader of the of the uh, of, of the gold cloaks? I think so. I think or, or of the Kingsguard. I think the, the Lord Commander of the Kingsguard is the one who does the, the book. Right. And yes. I think you one of you, either you or Josh, I thought it was you maybe had speculated that we would see her filling in uh, Jamie's entry in the Kingsguard book. I, that, that's an original thought to me. Maybe Josh maybe said it in, Josh. in one of, in one of his articles and he got, he did get a lot of things right in terms of the ending. But I, I actually thought that that was one of the more moving moments of the night for me when Jamie or when uh, Brienne was writing in jamie's page in the book yeah and then you know he died defending his queen you know nothing about like and he was a rat bastard who left me hanging yeah uh because once upon a time joffrey famously uh, chastised uh, jamie for his page being uh somewhat left blank yeah um no i thought that was a really i agree that was probably one of the most moving parts uh of the of the story was uh her her filling that in and giving Jamie a really noble ending. I do think Brienne closed the book a little quickly. I, I worry yeah, the about ink, the ink, ink smudging. And she, she actually was like wiping at it with her hand. She kind of like put her hand thoughtfully on it. I, I was worried about that too. <laughs> like, yeah. that'd be, I mean, you only have one of those books. Uh, that'd be a real, <laughs> you know, a real, a real uh, boner move to then yeah. uh, get the, you know, smudge up the whole book on the first day on the job. Yeah, yeah, I got to you can rip out a page and you know no one would know if you like rip really cleanly along the seam. Yeah. Okay. Uh so uh, speaking of books, we saw Sam Samwell 
who is now the uh, Grand Maester. Yeah. And he presents to Tyrion at the small council meeting. Hey, check out this new book. Uh, yeah. At least somebody finished these books. Uh, yeah. The Song of Ice and Fire. What do you think of this name? Catchy, right? And he's the one who comes up with the name, but he did not write the book, contrary to what you had uh, predicted. Right. Although you, you, right. you did you did guess that there would be a, a book, book of the right. story. Yeah. Right. So you were like half right. We'll give you 50% credit. Right. I mean, how much of a time jump uh, went by that's, that Sam is Sam a full fledged maester? Well, that's the thing. Like, doesn't this take like years and years to like of like nodding the chain or whatever? You know, the, maybe, can can someone just like you know elevate it? Can you like you know maybe skip, skip yeah some maybe years? Bran like plugged him into the Matrix? Oh yeah, uh, it could be. So he gets the book. He gets the book and uh, lays it down in front of Tyrion. It's the the history of Westeros since uh, Robert's Rebellion. Uh, bad news for Tyrion. You got the purple edit. No screen time for you, Tyrion. <laughs> uh, yeah. And uh, that was a great, that was a really funny moment too. You know, I thought that was a great, like uh, Tyrion trying to figure out what his legacy would be. Man, he's written out entirely. Yeah. I, uh, whose perspective is the book told from? Yeah, probably a lot of, you know, it was like, this was like the Benioff and Weiss uh, version <laughs> of the book. They like, they didn't really know what to do they with the Tyrion character. So like, there was just like the big picture stuff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Uh, some of the characters made odd choices uh, towards yeah. the end. They just wanted to get it done. Get it on <laughs> Brand's desk. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Brand said, look, hey, you guys have unlimited resources to finish the book. And the uh, maesters were like, eh. We're good. We're good. We want to work on other stuff. We're working on a Star Wars book right after this. We're we're, we're kind of we're bored with this book. Yeah. We need to, we need to finish it. Uh, we didn't talk about Arya yet. Arya. Oh, wait, wait, hold on. I want to talk about like the clean like the clean water. Like somehow they're yeah. like now what is that about? Like, what modern, was that? sewage. <laughs> like, I mean, was, was that a reference to when Sam was uh, cleaning all of the? Uh, uh, all the chamber pots at the Citadel. Is that how he, uh, he knows uh, a little bit about this subject? I thought it was just them like using all of their wisdom to like make lives better, you know, and, you know, and, and refrigeration guys, we need to figure out refrigeration too. So we can have more clean, you know, food can last longer. It's so ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Weird projects to start working on. And Braun is like, Hey, why don't we work on the brothels? Yeah. 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 Uh, All right. Let's talk about Aria and Aria. This was one that Josh called from uh, from from a while. Uh, what's west of Westeros? I thought Josh also told us said that that Arya and I thought that Arya was going to die because I thought well, Josh he had, had said, said that, that Arya was going to die, but then he did say that if she doesn't die, he could see her sailing for what's west of Westeros. Yeah. No, he nailed it. That was um that 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 was great. I think that was a really really great beat and i think you know kudos to josh for calling it yeah um i would have loved to have seen uh the end of the show with aria sailing off the edge of the world where if uh we found out that <laughs> it was a flat planetos that they live on and yeah. aria just it's just uh her, her little boat just goes right off the edge of the map and you see like the turtle ah! that the world is perched on at the end uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah uh so yeah what aria is going off aria is going off sailing yeah. Um Arya's sailing and uh John is the is is at the Night's Watch and then Sansa is Queen of the North. She's getting crowned. Yeah. Uh, let's just talk about Arya in terms of her 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 character. And it really did seem like that the closure for her character really did come when the hound said, Hey, 
you don't want you don't want any of this. You don't want what I have. You don't want to be driven by vengeance. And Arya says, you're right. And that's yeah. it. That's really. And then we just see Arya try to escape from the city last week. And I thought that there was some reason why we saw so much of the carnage from Arya's perspective. And then we saw Arya with John in uh, King's Landing during the episode tonight. And uh, I really thought that Arya was going to have something to do with the Daenerys storyline. But nope, John said, hey, wait for me outside the city. I think it's two things. And the first is I really do think that Arya was just a great point of view character to like ground us in someone's perspective as like witnessing this carnage. The other thing is that Arya's story has been this obsession with right? Being a killer and death and, and mm-hmm. revenge. And, you know, here she is on the ground seeing what that all leads to, right? She's seeing the real human results of all of that death and revenge. And, you know, uh, it, it changes her. I guess she's changed. And now yeah. she's a sailing lady and yeah. she's going to go sail for what's west of Westeros. I, I did kind of think that at one point uh, Drogon was also going to show up and uh, torch the Arya ship. Yeah, no, there's uh, that would have been that would have been something. And then she jumps up and stabs him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Take take him out. Yeah. What was with Bran saying, oh, maybe maybe I'll track down uh, Drogon. Oh, wait, Bran, are you implying that you can warg into a dragon? <laughs> are you implying <laughs> thought, that you can remotely warg into a dragon? Because this would have been really useful a couple of weeks ago. He can only warg into crows and just like check out what's happening. He can warg into birds and see where Drogon is. Yeah, yeah. I think that's it. He's like, I'm basically useless, but I can find things. Can you believe we did not see Bran warg into a dragon in Game of Thrones? I know. No, almost the like very, very, very little animal warging. The the the, big, the best warging that was done was Bran to Hodor warging. Yeah, right? that like, was that it. Was, uh, yeah, but uh, yeah, no dragon warging. You know, people last week were saying that maybe that white horse was a brand warm mm, horse. Nope, nope, no warging there. Um, almost like very little uh, human to direwolf warging this season, um, or in fact, the last number of seasons. Mm-hmm. So uh, yeah, really, uh, really got uh, you know, the, the all the warging got kind of taken from us. Yeah, and then we also have uh, Sansa. She is queen in the north, the yeah. the ruler, but. Also, the last of the Starks. So, I, I don't know. That I kind of feel like that. What What's next for the Stark family? This um, is it. What about Bran? Is Bran? They said Bran, Bran cannot kids. father children. Yeah, but they said that about Danny, and you refuse to believe it. Well, a witch said that about Danny. I, I'm imagining that uh, there that Bran cannot procreate. Who said that about Bran, though? I would trust the witch more than I would trust whoever said that about Bran. <laughs> Maybe that's the next project that the, <laughs> that if we could have Sam and Tyrion work on. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, uh, that uh, no suitor for for uh, uh, Sansa. I mean, know that uh, we speculated. Uh, oh, are her and Tyrion going to get back together? But really, not even the hint of a of a suitor for Sansa. Yeah, and I actually think that was something else that I like um, didn't love about the end was that like I expected there to be more of an emotional need from these characters for each other, and nope, they're all off doing their own thing. You know, no one seems particularly bereft. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're all kind of like moving on to the next thing. Like oh, that was that was a fun adventure we had over the last you know couple of years. Let's let's do the, what's what's next. Um, yeah. and and maybe that was you know a false expectation. Oh, clearly, that was a false expectation. 
of, of mine, but I would have liked to have seen a little bit of, of romance. Like what's, wh- where are any of the houses? You know, we know that I guess like Baratheon now, now Gendry is, is the, you know, Lord of Storm's end. Yeah. Um, you know, there's no real, I mean, Tyrion is, is the is he like the last Lannister? Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah, they're all kind of, you know, none of these houses are really thriving. Yeah. Uh, all these houses are dying out. I think they, that, uh, the wheel is broken, whether anybody wants to admit it or not. And Targaryens, like there's no, no more Targaryens either. Oh yeah. Only Jon Snow. Yeah. And he's not allowed to have kids. No, I'm not allowed to have any kids. So well, you, you believe there is a secret Targaryen baby that Danny may have had. She might've had it. Well, never, and now we'll <laughs> never know. <laughs> and I never Were you surprised that uh, Davos was on the small council and 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 didn't go with Gendry? Um, yeah, that was a weird choice. Like, and he's the master of ships. Uh, I mean, you know, I guess it makes sense. I guess so, but yeah, I mean, uh, who's who's advising Gendry? You know, he's 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 learned so many things on his way up from the bottom. He doesn't need uh you know these lords' advice. Okay, Stephen. It's been a wild six weeks for Game of Thrones, and I know we have a lot of questions that we're going to answer on our feedback show on Tuesday or Wednesday with Josh Wiggler. I'm sure Josh will have a million articles up at Round Howard or THR.com slash Game of Thrones. But if you want to get your feedback questions in, we'll cover them all later on this week, post show or feedback at postshowrecaps.com or GOT at postshowrecaps.com. Stephen. Well, what's the legacy of Game of Thrones after this wild six weeks? Um, what do you mean? What's the what's the legacy? The show came in. This was uh, the event of the year. The last great show of the uh, peak TV era and uh, expectations could not have been higher for the final season. And it seems like that the overall response has been uh, very sour. Yeah, I, I agree. And I think that's it's interesting to see, too. I mean, you know, we, we're just coming off this Survivor finale where um, also a very, very passionate uh, response to what was perceived as a completely um, undeserved ending to, to that show as well. And I, I do think that it, like this, just where we are in the, in the zeitgeist, it's like, it's, I think like the, the, the interesting thing is as much about how much ownership, it, you know, fans feel for the shows that they love as it is even about the shows disappointing. Like, it, I, I don't know what this show could have done to live up to my, <laughs> to my expectations. I'm not like blaming anyone else. Like I'm blaming myself here mm-hmm. for like my sky high expectations. Um, I don't know. Do you feel like there's any element of, we, we just demand too too much. Uh, I don't know if people demand too much. I, I mean, I feel like that a lot of the gripes with the final season, I, I think are justified. I, I mean, I, I know at times that I was not as hard on the show. I mean, I think that if we're going to look back at it, if we're going to rank the gripes, uh, first and foremost, the evil turn of Daenerys uh, yeah. just came too quickly and without enough uh, provocation. And I think that in terms of, you know, rank the gripes, by the way, is a really fun game. I'm really into this. Rank the gripes. I think that that's, that's, that's number one. And 
I, I think that that one's still justified. I, I think that that's the one where even going back and rewatching the series, I feel like that it changes the character of Daenerys so much. And Tyrion yeah. sort of reset. Oh, she went when she burned the masters. Nobody cared. And when she did this, uh, nobody. Cared. But yeah, it was like it was like they were responding, by the way, to like fan response. But I thought that was funny. Like, remember, guys, remember all those those things that she did in the past to justify this action? Yeah. But still. Uh, I don't think we're ever going to come around on, okay, well, I, I can see her side of, uh, you know, burning all the townspeople of King's Landing. And then we even opened the show this week with sort of like touring the carnage. And it really seemed like that, uh, you know, a switch has been flipped for Daenerys that I, I don't know if we're ever going to come back from. And I think that's uh, that's gripe number one. Gripe number two, uh, the battle with the White Walkers, uh, too dark. Uh too dark yeah and also too too suddenly over like this like world def- like the world destroying threat is ended in like a you know a, a blink of an eye with almost like you know and, and you see these armies that are still standing there in in this episode right all of the unsullied are yeah, still what, there what did it matter what did yeah, it matter it was it was this threat that had been there the whole series and was like over in you know as in a blink of an eye yeah and then gripe number 3 john didn't pet ghost uh, <laughs> but I think they made up for that tonight. I yeah. think they, they that uh, they they were able to yeah. uh, save save themselves from that. So cross cross that one up. Yeah. And uh, I think that uh, what is uh, what would you say was gripe number three for the season? I mean, gripe number three. It might be Bran. I mean, I I don't know. I actually like is Bran. I, I'm still like processing tonight. I don't know yet how I feel about Bran being the one on the on the Iron Throne, or not on the Iron Throne, I guess, but Bran being the constitutionally elected uh, monarch. Yes, um, yeah. Like not even the, the Constitution is just like we'll all get together and and elect the someone. the head of the Parliament. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know what, what the next what the next gripe would be. I'm trying to think. What, what do you think the the top one is? Yeah, I think that not it's enough deaths, gonna... not enough, not enough character deaths. <laughs> not, yeah. no, seriously, like we spent so much time like preparing ourselves to be totally bereft by all these character deaths, and like who who died of the major characters from the start? Like Danny died, and yeah. um, I mean J- Jamie and and, and yeah, Cersei. Jamie and Cersei died, right? J- Danny, Jamie, and Cersei died, but like other like none of the other major major characters. You know, you know, there were some secondary characters, but none of the other like big characters died. Right, right. The uh, the not not a lot of A listers ended up dying. They lost a lot of B listers and C listers yeah. along the way here in season eight, and then so we we end up with with this, Stephen, and uh, ultimately all of our uh, heroes end up going their own separate ways. The uh, four surviving kids of Ned Stark, uh, they end up going, uh, you know, in uh, four different directions at the end of this episode. Yeah, I I mean, some people thought that shot was corny. I actually kind of liked it when it was cutting between the four of them sort of all going off and doing their own things. Like, you know, so much of this series has been about how traumatized these kids are, how, you know, how each one of these kids has just been, you know, pulled by all of these different forces. And, you know, there was this article that was making the rounds about from, I think, Scientific American or something about how, you know, Game of Thrones used to be a sociological story. And now it's a psychological story about how it used to be how institutions impact people. And now it's about how people make their own decisions. And what I thought was really cool about this was it, it, it seemed to me like this was a moment 
of where that shift made sense, you know, where the Stark kids had been the victims of institutions in the past, but now their growth was that they were each kind of off pursuing their own destiny. You know, they, they'd all been so, uh, you know, thrust everywhere around the realm. And now Sansa was, was pursuing her destiny as, as the queen of the North. Arya is going off and fill, fulfilling herself as in, in an adventure, uh, West of Westeros. And then John of course is, is going, it is with his people, um, in the night's watch. Is Arya going to be very disappointed uh, when she realizes uh, what's west of Westeros is Karth? Essa. Oh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, oh, this place stinks. Yeah. Um, yeah. Who knows? I hope that that is, is this a spinoff series, Rob? Is like Arya's adventures? Yes. Uh, she ends up finding Dario and uh, everybody oh. in Slaver's Bay. Yeah. Uh, and Sirio Farrell will probably, uh, you know, secretly be there. Game of Thrones prequel is going to start getting a lot of hype now, Stephen. Are are you more interested in a uh, Game of Thrones prequel following uh, this six episode run? Is it going to be like as good as Better Call Saul? Slippin' Arya. Uh, I don't know. Well, it's not going to be. I think or it's going to be way, way in the past. Slippin' Brand the Builder. He's slipping yeah. on the ice. Yes. Uh, yeah. That are, are you interested in uh, going back to this world with characters that are not from what we just saw for eight years? Yeah, I think I, I definitely I mean, I love this world. I think it's really fun. It's so rich. Like it has so much, you know, the history is so well established. What, what about yourself? You know, what? I, I have to say that just uh, in a vacuum, the story of, you know, the first men and children of the forest. And if, if that's what we're, uh, it, it's not super exciting to me. I don't care about that. Is that, is that what it is? It's like the first men and the children of the forest. I think that's what it has to do with uh, uh, like, maybe like the, the bureaucratic may- politics. Like that, that's, that's like what the, I'm yeah. saying is that yeah. I, I really loved where I fell in love with the show was about all of the, you know, uh, King's Landing maneuvering and Littlefinger and everything that was going on with the politicking in King's Landing. I, I do think that it has to do more with sort of the uh, way, the, the, the age of heroes. Oh, well, that's too bad. Yeah, no, I think I, and it's funny, like it, it's kind of what. I mean, it's kind of, I mean, this is going to sound like I'm really trying to thread the needle, but it's kind of the shift that Survivor had too, where it's like, what we love is the politicking and the backstabbing, and it's going much more into like the age of heroes. <laughs> yeah, in a different way. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we're going to see the uh, creation of the wall and yeah. all that stuff. Okay. Uh, one of the prequels is going to be about Valeria, says the infamous game. Oh, there we go. Yeah. Okay. So uh, we doom? got all that. All right. Will it be about the doom that came to Valyria? Perhaps. Perhaps. Oh. Okay. Pre-doom so, or post-doom? Uh, I think it's going to be, I think post-doom would be tough. Yeah. Not, okay. not much going on in Valyria post-doom. All right. We're going to get into answering some of your feedback questions. So tweet them away at Rob Sestronino and uh, we will uh, get those answered for you. But first, let me thank our sponsor for our Game of Thrones finale recap. And those are friends who are at Blue Diamond Almonds. And if you're watching Game of Thrones, uh, you've got to be tired of the same boring snacks because let me tell you, winter is here. Winter was seemingly here tonight, Stephen. And so is the perfect snack. Blue Diamond Almonds, whether you're going to work, bored at work, leaving work, sailing west of Westeros, these <laughs> almonds are the perfect snack. Snack, honey roasted flavored almonds, sriracha flavored almonds, wasabi and soy sauce flavored almonds. Do I have your attention? Is that how John got past Drogon the first time? Did he have, did he have a, a pocket full of blue diamond almonds, Stephen? Yeah, the sriracha almonds. Drogon loved the, sr- the almonds. 
Why keep snacking on boring chips when you can go to the store and pick up blue diamond almonds right now? Yes, perhaps the only way that this uh, Game of Thrones ending could have been more satisfying is maybe if Samwell or Hot Pie maybe uh, brought out a tray of blue diamond almonds to serve to the small council. And that was how they came up with democracy is because like they were also sated that they were like, you know what, let's let's uh, invent democracy. All right. So whatever the moment, Blue Diamond Almonds is the perfect snack. Don't deny your cravings. Go pick up some great flavors right now and eat them. Blue Diamond Almonds crave victoriously. Okay, Uh, let's go ahead and uh, take a look at what people are saying to us on Twitter. Uh, Just just to put a pin on the uh, snow versus ash. I think ash. I you mean, think like, it was still that I, it was really piling up. I think that we officially got winter. I think it was ash last week, and the ash. This is like some sort of a nuclear this is a day winter, later, isn't it? Like it's, it's just day, like, it, it was very. Even though it was very sunny last week, I think that the ash bl- uh, blacked out the sky to the point that then we got real snow. But then, but like we saw Drogon like nestled in it, and that was to me that was because like Drogon hate, didn't like the cold, and so I think that. Drogon would not have nestled in like a giant snow pile. Was it snow or was it ash? Let let, let us know. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Lily wants to know. So did Arya hop on that white horse just for the cinematics of it? Seemed like she was planning on ditching and turn right back around. Uh, Did she get on the horse? I don't even actually remember that. I noticed there was a horse that she like saw. Did she get on it? I think she rode off on the horse. She did get on the horse. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. What do you oh, think? Then she, then, yeah, then she, then she got off the horse. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's a nice shot. Okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, then uh, Steve wants to know, what if Jorah hadn't died? Uh, how would Danny have been different? And uh, what would be his role? Yeah. Um, I definitely think that Jorah was someone who seemed to be able to get through to Danny. And I think Danny, what, what was most part of the key change last week really seemed to be that Danny felt so isolated, right? That all of her advisors were against her and that the, the, the one person who she hoped she could trust was probably the, her biggest challenger to, to her claim. Um, and, and having Jorah there might've been, might've been, you know, might've been different. Yeah. Okay. Uh, let's go with, uh, some other questions. Uh, uh, lots of people I saw, uh, <laughs> lots what? of jokes, more jokes than questions. Uh, Katie <laughs> oh, says, jokes? We, we spent so much quality time watching Arya learn to be a faceless man. And for what? Walder Frey? I guess Arya has my vote for a returning player in a spinoff. Did the Arya becomes a faceless man story? Was the juice worth the squeeze? I mean, I Walter Frey was one of the big villains of the show, right? Like he caused the Red Wedding. Like seeing all the Freys die was a, one of my most satisfying moments. So I think it was worth it. Okay. Um, Barry says that John didn't end up with the Night's Watch. He left with the Wildlings in Tormund. Did John leave his post uh, as a oh, watcher he, on the wall? He, oh, that makes was he just going north? That's interesting. Like I thought that he, they were like you know taking a scout, but I guess there were a lot of people there with him. Mm-hmm. Um, that was not how I read that, but it certainly would make sense. Like he became a wildling. Wow, that's interesting. I, that's a really interesting take. Uh, boy, that. John, and then, then he's really like Mance Raider, right? Because that's basically exactly what Mance Raider did, right? But I don't know. I, I can't imagine that John, who's all about duty and honor, and if you've been assigned to the to the Night's Watch, unless he gets there, he's like, "What Night's Watch? There's nobody here. I'm leaving." Yeah, uh, that's, yeah. And he's like, you know, he's he's had a traumatic thing. He's allowed to change. You know, he he wants like simple the simple domestic life. You know, he wants to be among the free folk. Mm-hmm. That's what uh. 
you know, that's what Mance wanted. So can he marry? Sort can of. he take? Uh, I guess they don't really yeah. marry in the free folk, right? Yeah, that's it. Yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, that uh, they yes, they, they did go past the wall, but I thought they were on 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 a mission. Yeah, it was they, not just like it was not just like warriors. It seemed to be a lot of uh, they were know. they were kids. Yeah, yeah. So so maybe they were. But why did why did Tormund wait to why he wait at the wall that he that uh I guess that they uh were heard John was coming. But that was a long time. I mean, they all rode south. Then they had the big battle. Then they like you know. Then there was like the trial. Then they all came north. Like how did you know? Bran told him before he left. Like hey, hang out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, let's see. Uh, uh, still some more questions coming in. Uh, uh, Steve says uh, they need a master of war. Can they get Dario to do that? Oh yeah, that's a, that's fine. I mean, Dar- doesn't Dar- 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 He's like ruling Marine, isn't he? Yeah. Well, maybe if Arya runs into him when she goes uh, west of Westeros. Okay. Yeah. Um, Mr. K-17, do you think that if D&D would have axed one of the first two episodes and replaced it with a more in-depth storyline for Danny and others, would it made it a little difference? Yeah, I do think like an extra episode here would have uh, maybe like a little bit more uh, padding would have been, you know, it, it, just, it just all felt like they were hitting their points so quickly. And, and in a season that has felt, you know, it's been really long, right? It's been on a really long time. If the, the rush felt particularly uh, hard to to come. But, but I don't I would hate to lose, you know, that, that yeah, second episode. Those first two was, episodes, yeah, that the, yeah. the, the, they probably got the uh, least criticism. But I mean, it was a really weirdly constructed season. <laughs> Where we were at a snail's pace, episodes one and two, yeah, and then uh, a breakneck uh, pace at times in episodes four, five, six. Yeah, I mean, two really nothing happened, but it was like the best episode of the season. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just sort of like the countdown for the Night King coming. Yeah. Okay, Stephen, uh, which really no one had to worry about because like not that many people died. Not well, I think a lot of red shirts died, but. But they, they were all Don't there. Like, them. look at those that, that army. Like, didn't you know? The, didn't the Dothraki all charge and die to the army? They didn't. No, there were tons of Dothraki there. Okay. Nicole wants to know: Given what we know about who sits on the Iron Throne, was the reveal of Rhaegar Targaryen's storyline worthless? I mean, the work. Yeah. Well, it, it is interesting because that reveal did not end up actually having a strong impact on the John and Danny storyline. You could have the same storyline without almost without her knowing that he challenged her claim. You know, it would be very slightly different if it was just, he loved her, but it turned out that she would, you know, she was going crazy. He was not motivated in any way, shape or form by bloodline. And, and she barely was, you know, maybe just a little bit of like antagonism between the two, but it had well, you could argue that her knowing John had the better claim and everybody, uh, you know, John having a lot of support was one of the things that pushed her over the edge. So, yeah. and you she, could argue she, that, and it was like that was one of the things, but it wasn't like a driving part of it. The really story. wasn't. It didn't seem like that was the motivating factor, but the that it, it, I, I guess it was fuel for her reasoning for what she did last week. But um, a very, I would think, a small part. 
Yeah, yeah, and, and that was like, but for what it was for the show, I mean, like there were like three separate episodes where like Brand slowly uncovered. I mean, remember that like how many times, how long it took for Brand to get inside the Tower of Joy? He was like almost there, and then like no, not yet, not yet. You got to go back a little bit. It was like you know, it was almost like the the length of the entire season six. Brand just trying to like get into the Tower of Joy. So. Um, you know, the, the amount of time spent establishing this like giant twist, uh, was really disproportionate to the impact it had on the, uh, the actual show. Okay. All right. Is that a bad thing though? Like some of game of the whole point of game of Thrones is that like the, you know, the people that deserve, you know, the, the, the have the correct bloodline are never going to get the, you know, aren't, they're not going to have the traditional hero journey. Okay. What happened to Gilly? Yeah. She's off in old town, isn't she? Uh, Sam's not with Gilly. I don't know. Maybe, you know, maybe he's a commuting. You get a commuting. Did they rebuild King's Landing? It looked pretty nice. You know, a lot of like nicely carved chairs there at the end. Okay. All right. And in the inlaid hand. All right. Steven, anything else about the Game of Thrones finale tonight? Tell me, I want your, you know, Rob, we started this. You said like, you know, Steven thumbs up, thumbs down. Rob, thumbs up, thumbs down in this finale. Yeah. It was for me, uh, just, you know, it, I don't think I, I saw people say, oh, it's the worst. It really, it really wasn't. I, I just, I don't think that it was. Take a stand, Rob. Th- I, I, I'd say it was, it was fine. It was yeah. fine. Okay. I, I don't thumb think, I, really, I don't think it was great. And I, don't, I don't think it was terrible. All right. I'm going to revise my answer to thumb sideways too. Then I like that better. Uh, it was, it was uh, bittersweet. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, no, it really was. I, I felt like that, um, there was just a no, no big surprise for me, uh, along the way. Yeah. And it didn't like have the emotional punch. Uh, but, but, um, yeah, I mean, Brandon, the iron throne, I mean, it feels like a terrible, it felt like, like a terrible choice in the moment, but I actually think I might be able to get behind it with time. I'm really, I'm really, I want, I'm eager to hear what Josh has to say that I can just agree with whatever he says. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Uh, look, that's where we do these shows right after the episode. So, yeah. you know, all the think pieces get written after we talk about it. But yeah, uh, am I excited about it? I, I mean, I think that if, if it does play out this way in the books, I think people will be more excited about it because I think that Bran in the books, people actually like Bran in the books as opposed to Bran, the TV character who nobody cares about. Yeah. Um, he was such a weirdo. He was just a, you know, a enormous weirdo. Um, Mindy Bond has a, has a good question. Did Tyrion want to get it on with Danny? He did say, I loved her. Not as successfully as you, yeah. but I don't think that that was what he meant. I don't know. Successfully. I mean, there was that creepy scene where yeah. he was like, uh, you know, outside the cabin, Yeah, you know, maybe, you know, he had a crush on her, but I don't think yeah. he pursued it. Not like in a, in a jaw. <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right. So, Let's wrap things up. Steve, it was a pleasure to talk about Game of Thrones with you after all these episodes. The the pleasure was mine. It was such a fun thing to talk. And it's fun to like piece it all together. You know it so well that I, you know, I also like I'm catching, struggling to catch up, but it's uh, it's really been too kind. Yeah, it's been it's been really fun for me too to just to discuss it. Okay, well, at Stephen Fishback on Twitter. I'm at pineapple boy 27 <laughs> on social media. Of course I will be with Josh Wiggler later on this week. Once Josh digs out from all of the uh, articles and interviews that he's doing over at THR, we will be answering your game of Thrones post finale feedback questions later on this week on post show recaps, send them in G O T at post show recaps.com or feedback at post show recaps.com. 
Looking forward to all of that. Steven, have a great one. Take care, everybody. Have a good one. Bye. Tonight's Game of Thrones finale recap is sponsored by our friends over at True Car. Every car comes with its share of stories, and Brand knows all of them. That ding in your bumper when you nervously picked up a first date, that luxury package you got after a big promotion, or the miles you saved by riding your bike all summer long. Now, while I can't put a price tag on your stories, now with True Car, you can at least find out what your car is worth when it's time to sell it or to trade it in. Just go to True Car and simply enter your license plate number and watch how your car's details pop up then answer a few questions navigation and moonroof watches they're going to bump up your car's value high mileage you already knew it was going to cost you but now you'll know how much it's going to ding your wallet so you can plan ahead and once you're finished you'll get a true cash offer sent in minutes which you could take to a local certified dealer to cash out or to trade in so when you're ready to experience a better way to sell or trade in your car check out true car today true cash offer not available in all areas